School CEO Conversations is an Aptigy Media production. We like to have insightful conversations with education's most inspiring and thoughtful leaders. In this episode, Building Leadership Capacity, we talk with Dr. Alan Roach, Superintendent of Pennsylvania's Upper Perkiomen School District. Here is today's host, Michael. Well, Alan, thanks so much for joining us today, and we're really excited to kind of hear your story. And so to just kind of go ahead and get started with, could you actually just share with our listeners how you actually got into education in the first place? Sure, thanks. Getting into education was an interesting route, I think, for me. I got into education coming out of college. I had a uh, bachelor's in, in biology, so I was looking to extend into grad school. I actually got into coaching. I was a college cheerleader at Temple University, and then I ended up being assistant coach at Villanova University as the cheerleading coach there, assistant cheerleading coach. So actually, that was my foray into education was kind of working as a coach and then realizing that I did enjoy it and did make good connections with the students and the cheerleaders and saw the how the operation worked inside uh, Villanova. And uh, so it was a kind of a natural fit. And then I was fortunate enough to take over the head position at Villanova as a cheerleading coach and then work with the university to kind of trade my salary in for grad classes. So I was able to have my grad school paid for. And that was the foray into taking classes in education and then started my student teaching and kind of off from there. Well, that's really interesting. I don't know if I've ever met another superintendent whose introduction was in coaching cheerleading in college. That's, uh, that's I feel like, kind of a fairly unique experience. Yep, I would agree. I think it was a good foray. And then obviously having the, the opportunity to get grad school paid for when you're in your you know early 20s. And that was a great opportunity to take classes and do my student teaching. And then fortunately got a job in a local Catholic high school, uh, which allowed me to kind of have my student teaching and get paid at the same time. I didn't have to take a cut from my day job, which was in the restaurant business and kind of worked right into there. So that really gave me a, a leg up to, uh, I did have a student teach for kind of a full year, uh, but it didn't matter because I was already having some salary in the, in the position. You didn't have to be certified as a public school teacher in the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. You just needed your your four-year degree, which I did have in biology. So I did teach high school science to get me started. And now moving on to kind of what we were wanting to talk a little bit about today, about morale within the district, obviously having that background as a cheerleader, I was wondering if that is one of the reasons why morale has kind of been such a core part of your leadership or has been a big focus on you. I was wondering where that passion comes from. Um, I'm not sure if it comes to cheerleading. I mean, that's an aspect of it. I mean, summer, summers as a college cheerleader, summers you're probably you're doing, we did some cheerleading camps, so we work with younger students. So I think that kindness and that compassion is simply a part of that role and having students look up to you and kind of, like I said, summer camp opportunity. But I think it's just a part of my core from my family, from, you know, I lost my father at a younger age, but caring mother, supportive family. And that's just the way you treat people. You think about that social side of people and that's how you get, you know, you move things forward and you, you kind of try to lead in that way. And with talking to us previously, you've talked about how like having strong morale within the district, having strong morale of your team is really important and that you approach that, especially from almost like a social emotional learning perspective. And so I was wondering if you could kind of explain to me why you think about morale from that like social emotional level as opposed to maybe thinking about it from a different perspective. Morale, you could ask several people what the, to define morale, and I think they'll all have a different take on the way they see morale. Is it part of something that they get? Is it part of, of flexibility or, or whatever that is? From the social-emotional standpoint, I think that it's important that people feel connected 
to their jobs and to their buildings and to the district. And that's where you get that long-term commitment. That's where you get teachers that are and staff that are staying in a district for a long period of time. There's always going to be transition, but the more that you can build up morale, positivity, build up the sense that people are a part of the decisions sometimes that, that, that are able to be made. And then also that they're proud of the district and they're part of, they're proud of the school and they're proud of their team as things move forward. And, you know, I, I try to pride that on communication. So people feel like they know what's going on and they, they feel that there's a, an opportunity to have, have some information prior to other people getting it because they are internal and that's important. But I think for me, a lot of the work in, in this area was simply even asking the question, you know, knowing that the morale ebbs and flows and that the school culture is so important. And when you have people coming into the buildings from the outside, parents or visitors that can feel, they can sense the, a culture in a building that's positive and that's caring and that's welcoming, that's the type of feedback that we want and we need. And we want all, all the community being in a small community, we want to make sure that people feel welcome in our buildings and that they feel that they are part of, of the community. The school is simply an extension and, and welcoming in our families, which obviously has been challenging here with the pandemic, but it's still an important piece to, to that. So for me, success has been actually forcing that conversation, opening the door to talk about morale, what it looks like, and, and how do we improve it. And then sometimes people just roll with it and they get energized by the conversation. I do like how you mentioned that like connection and how people are going to find more fulfillment, find more joy in their jobs. Because I know in education, a lot of times we talk about things like, you know, Maslow's hierarchy needs, especially when it comes to students and they need to obviously have, you know, foundational basic needs, but also the need to have like social connections and have those strong, you know, personal connections that are going to allow students to thrive. Students are humans and so are teachers, right? So are employees. And so it makes sense that a lot of those same ideas are going to be applicable to your teachers as well, even though they're adults and they're not students. Agreed. I think people, you know, they have the same needs. They have the same interests. I mean, when they apply here to work here or as they're applying, they're looking to find a great place that they want to stay for a long period of time. And they're inherently there for the right reasons to support students and support families and make it a great learning experience. So being happy, being positive, being supportive are all part of that morale piece. And when you're talking about using SEL or using social emotional ideas to boost morale, how do you go about doing that? Like, especially like maybe starting out like in a group setting, what does that look like with a group when you're using those principles? Obviously it may look similar to what you would do in a classroom, but I was curious maybe how that differs or how that's similar. For me, it's modeling, right? For me, it starts with not putting up a slide or, or discussing this is SEL. You model it, and then you reference it back. So right now at our administrative meetings, every meeting that we're now in the in the virtual world, we're meeting weekly. So we kind of kick off every meeting with some sort of different activity that kind of helps hopefully regrounds us, right? Takes us away from the email, takes us away from the long agenda that's there, and try to you know build some positivity. Last week, we opened up with a virtual scavenger hunt. Right. So here I'm on a screen, there's 32 people, see all their faces on Zoom and had a list of seven or eight items and said, OK, who can find a CD or a DVD? And all of a sudden you see people running away from their desk to run over to their cabinet or wherever else and come back and show it to people. Or, you know, what's something that really means something to you? And you'd see some people hold up coffee, other people hold up a phone, other people hold up a picture of their family. Again, making connections. And I support that and, and ask the staff, the principals to take some of those ideas and work that out with their staff. So that way if they think that they're in, you know, and then I'll get a couple, I'll get a, a chat back saying that was great. That was really fun. I mean, two weeks ago we did a, just a three minute breathing exercise, mindfulness. So for some, it's not their cup of tea for others. It was very needed at the time on a crazy Wednesday morning. 
Well, and that makes sense if you're talking about modeling. I mean, it's probably not going to work if you just tell them, hey, you need to be doing this with your team. But if you're not doing it and you're not showing them or you're not leading that, it's probably not going to be effective and they're probably just not going to do it. Correct. And I offered the whole team an opportunity to take over one of the meetings in the first five or six minutes. And then also um, I have a couple administrators which are really interested in this area. And they'll also, they're pulling other resources though. So after maybe one of those quick exercises is done before we jump into the agenda, they'll say, oh, by the way, visit this website, you know, kind of do some real quick professional development or opportunities. Here's some good things to share and, uh, and go from there. So with that, as well as modeling, when we finally get a chance to talk to the entire staff at, at a meeting, kind of do the same, open up that topic and, and have the conversation. And so is that mostly about trying to build relationships or build connections among your team or among your staff? Like, what is the purpose of trying to do those, like those activities to get people to open up? I think it's exactly about relationships, not necessarily just with me as a superintendent. I've been here for just over a year and a half, so I'm still building lots of relationships and trying to make those connections. But I think it's for the staff to build connections with, with one another. I mean, somebody on the screen, as I just joked about the scavenger hunt, may see someone that they, they, they put up coffee and that, that that's their passion as well. So maybe they may have a separate conversation somewhere else and then those connections start to build or, you know, that's really what it's about. It's feeling that connected piece. People's feelings or, or the term morale may ebb and flow. I think it's about building those relationships. We are in a people business. We are in a business to support one another and support our students. And that's the main focus. And, and you do that best with positive relationships. Obviously, those group situations are important, but relationships obviously happen one-on-one. -on -one. And so when you are talking with maybe one of your principals or one of your other team members, and you're having a conversation with them, what does that look like when you're having that conversation? How do you kind of bring those social emotional skills into that one-on-one -on -one conversation? Again, I think it's just a part of the normal conversation. So you just described, so there's five, five buildings here. So scheduling uh, time each month to meet with each principal and, and meet with uh, the staff and walk around and have a conversation. Again, yes, there's typically a couple items to get to business-wise, but taking the first couple minutes or the last couple minutes just to touch base on how things are going in general how things going, you have to remember and you have to put time into asking someone about their children or asking someone about, you know, how things are going in another area and, and build that and provide that support. I have my first day with the administrative team here at Upper Perk. One of the items on the, the slideshow was let me know if today's not your day. Like if today's not your day, just let me know. It's okay. And I think that is actually open doors. I've had people at a, a different meeting a year later. Hey, Alan, just going through a lot right now. Today's not my day. Okay. So that way, when I'm looking at you and, and you're here and you're participating and you're actively participating, it's not like you see anything, but I don't think, I don't overly think it that it's, it's having a bad day because you've already told me and I can know what's going on and I can help support them in any way. So I think that's helpful. Again, that's trust, right? That takes time to do that and, and make sure that when someone does have a bad day or, you know, I get it thrown back in my face a couple times now, but try to assume positive intent. So when I walk into an office area or a classroom and things just don't quite seem right, you know, process it, but assume positive intent, assume things are, are on the positive, And then if they're not, then you'll know quickly, but don't jump to a negative conclusion right away. So that's an important mindset shift that I've said to people and that I need to follow that as well, because if the first time I jump, if I'm wrong, then, then I've kind of broken that as well. So that, that then may hurt relationships, but that's not to say you can't be the boss. That's not to say someone is trying to make a decision. You need to make a decision. If something is wrong, it needs to be addressed. If someone is late constantly or whatever the issue is, it still has to be addressed. But again, assuming that positive piece is a helpful opportunity for people to, to feel comfortable and feel supported. Because then at least people know if 
you're always assuming the best here. That's probably going to create a better outcome than if every time someone's trying to feel like they have to hide something because they're worried about the way that you're going to be perceive it. It seems like, like you said, that trust is going to help you actually address issues when they do happen much more, much more easily. Agreed. Again, it's never perfect, but I think that's the right way to couch it in terms of building those relationships. And uh, again, it's not to say that I still have to be uh, the superintendent. I still, there's still decisions that have to be made in terms of staffing or curriculum or whatever else it is. Uh, it's not about everybody gets everything they want, so to speak. It's more of that respect level and, and a level playing field for people to work from. And if things are not appropriate, then they've got to be addressed. But that can also be done respectfully. You know, if there's ever a, an employee situation and it's not going in the most positive direction at the end, if as long as people are feel respected, they feel heard, and they feel that at least they were able to say their side, so to speak, then that's an important opportunity. And what have been maybe the the missteps or what have been the kind of issues you've seen with maybe from yourself or from people you've worked with on building that morale? Where have you seen people kind of go wrong with that? I think, if again, if there's no parameters to it or if the assumption of morale is that it's whatever anybody else wants, so to speak. I mean, we're still working within an environment. We're still working within parameters and budgets and all of those same factors. It's simply how you're treating people. And sometimes that's it can fall apart if it's not transparent. or And it doesn't mean that it's behind the scenes. It's simply just not available. So that's why communication is key in a lot of, on a lot of areas. And I think it's repetitive over time. Just things don't happen quickly. So I said I've been here a year and a half as superintendent. So, you know, I've got lots of work to do well into many, many years ahead to feel that this is that I'm, that I'm accomplishing, you know, a lot or what the full vision would be where, you know, the morale was high. And then when things don't go well, that that doesn't always impact to the, you know, that kind of chicken little where everything's wrong now, you know, it builds up over time that support that uh, you know, actions speak louder than words, so to speak. So you mentioned earlier about how this is part of your personality, but you obviously are working with your team on kind of boosting morale. I wanted to know like how much of this is just a part of like you personally or how much of this is a learned skill. Like obviously I'm assuming you have members of your team who maybe that focus on morale is maybe not the first thing that they're thinking of all the time. So was wondering like how that kind of dynamic works and how do you, for you personally, is it a learned skill or is it more of something that's just kind of inherent with you? I would say it's probably a little bit of both. I think it's a part of my personality in terms of trying to be supportive of, of people and move things forward. But I think over the course of my professional growth, being a classroom teacher, being an assistant principal, being a principal, being a director, being an assistant superintendent, now superintendent, you learn every step of the way. And I'm still learning, right? Still got a lot, lot to, to learn. But each of those opportunities in different roles, you gain different skills. You work with different sets of people in a different role. So as principal, obviously, it's a different role, right? You have the, the central office of, above you that's giving you directives. And then well as you have staff that are working with you on a daily basis. So it's a different skill set. But just important to build those relationships and have your team at that level, your staff, being supportive. And then moving to a director role or an assistant superintendent role, I think each of those has taught me. So I've had a lot of opportunity for professional development, a lot of opportunity through my doctoral work at Lehigh to have a choice of some classes that also help to provide opportunities and research in this area as well. So I think it's constantly, constantly learning and growing. There are you know, areas that in the past couple of years that I think have blossomed more than others that have been there for a longer period of time. And now when we think about the district, especially, or just education in general, especially over the last year, I mean, 
this past year has probably been the toughest on educators in a long time across the country. And there really hasn't been a school that hasn't been touched by the pandemic. How have you seen building morale to be different during the pandemic? But then how has it also been the same during the pandemic? The similarities are still it's the focus on people. It's the focus on supporting and communication. I think the difference here is it's a lot more Zoom and uh, a lot less in person. So still trying as we are in a, in a hybrid model right now and having discussions about going to increase in person. It's getting into the buildings and getting into the to talk to staff, uh, even if it's a simple hello and quick conversation or a, a certain topic. Again, so when I said I scheduled meetings with the principals and, and the athletic director, I, those are all scheduled at the building to force me to get out of the central office, but it's a good, a great opportunity to talk to office staff and take my time and, and walk around and bump into people as they're walking past on their prep period, as well as to stop into classrooms and just be a wallflower for a little while. That all helps. So with the pandemic, I think that's been the, one of the major differences, the in-person. But I think there's some great things that's come out of the pandemic with Zoom or other opportunities that we're going to, when things get back to a more normal type of uh, school setting, that we will continue to provide or have these other tools to help us to move us forward. Yeah, I actually just thought about it during the pandemic. I mean, I feel like getting groups together, like getting groups of teachers to listen in on what their thoughts are from across the district, probably would be a lot easier doing that through Zoom and doing that online as opposed to having to find like times where everybody can get together. It seems like actually there are some things about the pandemic that have shown that we might actually be able to use some ways to actually get more people involved than we had previously. Yeah, I think this, you're still going to have to try to find that balance, right? So when on certain in-service days, when you have three elementary schools and you're trying to get across a certain new curriculum material, uh, normally they'd all come to the one school and they'd all be in person in an auditorium and, and hear the same information. So that may still be needed, which it, it will be because everyone hears the same message, but maybe that could be done virtually or maybe only need an hour of that. So it could be a digitally or Zoom or recorded much easier. Um, so I think a lot of that will, will shake out. I still think there's a need for in-person oh, yeah. and those connections. And I think hopefully we'll eventually find a balance. I'm, I'm not in a balance right now with the amount of time on the computer and Zoom, but that's okay. We're still in the, in the pandemic and we're taking steps each day to move forward. But I think eventually we'll get to that point and that will have a pack. I know when we did have a couple opportunities when staff first came back from being fully virtual into the hybrid model that it was nice to see people, right? Just to even talk, even if it was six or 10 feet apart to see people that that helped, I think, boost some of the conversation uh, in the morale world of that connectedness that this does feel like us back and getting closer to what it was pre-pandemic. Not there yet, but definitely uh, part of that. Well, just to uh, wrap up, I was wondering if you could share with us what has been your proudest moment as a superintendent so far? So far, it probably would, if I reflect back and what's something that stands out, it was really the high school graduation as best it could be after last year, the class of 2020. You know, the, the high school principal and the team there did a fantastic job of, we weren't able to have a traditional graduation, so we went with the drive-through. You know, it was a great opportunity for us to celebrate the class of 2020, having lost so much, trying to make something special. The community stepped up and helped out with fire trucks and, and signs with students faces on it it really the community it was it was a proud moment just to be a part of this community and be a part of doing the best we could with what we had and you know that it sticks when this class when there's a potential for in-person they say that's great we want in-person but we also want the car parade so <laughs> uh, it, it does stick out as a positive there and something that I'm very proud of maybe it's not something that i did or was a part was definitely a part of but just proud of the community and proud of the, the district for celebrating our seniors knowing how important it was when there was so much loss 
and at the same time, I had a graduating senior from high school myself. So seeing uh, that opportunity, you know, seeing what, what we were able to do here for the students and the families having one car per graduate was a great, great uh, accomplishment. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alan. We really do appreciate your time and kind of appreciate sharing your perspectives on morale and building morale in the district. Thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity. It's great talking with you. Thanks for listening to this school CEO conversation. You can follow Dr. Roach and Upper Perkyoman on Twitter at UPSD Tribe. Subscribe to School CEO at schoolceo.com for more advice, stories, and strategies for leading your schools. School CEO is brought to you by Aptigee.